Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, Eagles training camp is underway. I think we've been through three days of practices as I'm recording this here on Saturday morning, July 30th. And some things to talk about. Uh, We'll talk a little Jalen Hurts. We'll talk about the running back situation and some other news and notes that uh, Brandon Lee Gowton has been so good to be continuing to post on BleedingGreenNation.com. So I'll give you some of my thoughts on some of the early notes coming out of Eagles training camp. We'll check the papers and look around the NFC East and give you the latest headlines concerning the Washington Commanders, Dallas Cowboys, and New York Giants. And then I will give you one training camp question to watch for each NFC team during the course of training camp this summer. Every team has question marks and every NFC team has question marks. And as we try to keep an eye on the enemy, I'll give you what I think is the main question each of these teams needs to answer at some point during the course of the 2022 season. That's all coming up here on this episode of Eye on the Enemy. So let's jump into Eagles training camp notes. And BLG and Jimmy and the other guys, they do a great job really diving into their daily podcasts, wrap, uh, wrapping up, recapping what's going on in Eagles training camp. So I'm not going to gild the lily too much with that. I'm, those guys are there. They're seeing what's happening. You're going to get most of the most of the real good stuff from BGN Radio uh, with regard to specifically what's happening in training camp. But I do have a couple of thoughts on some of the early things that BLG and other beat reporters have been reporting so far. And, of course, the guy we're all watching most closely is Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. We want to know. We want to see, is he making progress? Is he looking better? Even with 7-on-7 drills and 11-on-11, where he's not worried about getting sacked and tackled to the ground and and all that, you could still suss some things out. Is he he throwing more accurately? Does he look like he has greater anticipation with some of his throws? Has he been more willing to go over the middle? Um Lots of different things we can be looking at with Jalen Hurts. And through the first couple of practices, we are seeing pretty much the same quarterback that we saw last year. The first practice was kind of an up-and-down practice, but I think mostly it was on the positive end. It sounded like the second practice was a down practice for Jalen Hurts. A lot of bad decisions, a lot of inaccuracy, Some uh, a tough day for the offense overall. Uh, it was reported Gardner Minshew also did not look good in the practice on Friday. So it just could be that the offense is having a little bit of a slow start. It is still exceedingly early in training camp, far too early to make any proclamations. But I think one of the nice things that BLG and Jimmy are doing is a stock up, stock down, a daily stock up, stock down on Jalen Hurts and giving you some idea of how he's doing. So we can kind of almost map it out. You know, we're going to get a chart together and, and look at the stock up, stock down, just like you would 
with a stock market. And right now, the stock is down. But again, it's just a couple of practices into what is going to be a long training camp throughout the summer. And Hertz has a bunch of new players, you know, especially AJ Brown. But uh, he's he's got some he's got a couple of new guys to get familiar with and get comfortable with. And uh, they have to figure out what kind of offense it is that they want to have. And I'm going to be patient here with Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to get uh, I'm not going to get wrapped around the axle with any of the negative reports that are coming out so far. Um, as we go through training camp, I think my prediction of Jalen Hurts here in 2022 and for the rest of training camp is I I think this is what we're going to see because I think what we saw last year with Jalen Hurts is probably just what he is, and that is a a quarterback who will win some games for you who can be productive, but is probably not going to progress into a top 10, maybe even top 15 throwing quarterback in this league. And so you kind of have to make a judgment. Can you win with a quarterback like that, whose best strength is running the football? And I think we're going to see a lot of up and down practices from Jalen Hurts in training camp this summer. Maybe he gets hot at some point and we see a different guy. And that's what we are all hoping for, because this roster is a Super Bowl contending roster. I, I think that this roster has enough pieces to it. I think the defense is much improved. The offensive line is fantastic. I think there's plenty of talent at the skill positions, even running back. And I got an interesting note about the running backs here in just a second. But there's enough talent on this team as they enter training camp to be considered one of the best teams in the conference. The biggest question mark is, of course, Jalen Hurts. And we've been talking about it since last season ended, since the Buccaneers playoff game and the Eagles a lot of the, you know, all the chatter about them looking at quarterbacks this past offseason and would they try to trade for one of the veterans? And it sounds like they did try or at least make inquiries. And so we and we heard the Derek Gunn report that, you know, they're not they have major questions about Jalen Hurts moving forward. And so you would love to see glowing reports coming out of training camp. You would love to hear that he's firing on all cylinders. The ball isn't hitting the ground almost at all in the summer, and that may still happen. That could still happen. You'd love to hear about great chemistry between him and A.J. Brown and him and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, and, you know, he's he's seeing everybody uh, the way they need to be seen. He's anticipating. He's not leaving plays on the field, but so far, we, we are hearing... We're hearing a lot of the same things that we heard last year, missing some receivers down the field and doing check you know, checkdowns instead of hitting the big plays and just not having a, a, a the game seemingly too fast. And Jalen Hurts has talked about the game slowing down for him here in his second full season as the team starter. It doesn't sound as though that's been the case in training camp so far. But again, I want to say all this with the full understanding that it is still very early and we just need to sit back and and wait and see. But I, I my my general thought and my opinion on Jalen Hurts is that who he was last year is who he is. And I don't think we're going to see a giant leap forward in his passing ability. I hope it's enough for the for the, uh, for the the Eagles to get into the playoffs. But, uh, you know, it is still a long way until we get to, to week one against the Detroit Lions. So, uh, But we'll continue to, to, to keep an eye on it. And BGN Radio and BLG and Jimmy and everybody else will be watching him closely. I want you to make sure that you're going to BleedingGreenNation.com every day for the latest updates uh, from training camp as BLG is going to have that covered, and uh, he'll give it to you straight. Uh, one of the other interesting notes that I that came from his notes, I think from the practice on Friday, 
Uh, I wrote for BleedingGreenNation.com this week about the importance of Miles Sanders and, and what I think he could do if given the majority of the touches at the running back position. If he can stay healthy, Miles Sanders is a thousand yard running back. But of course, his big problem is he misses four or five games a year. And then in some of the other games last year, he just wasn't utilized at all. He barely touched the ball in some of those games. And so I feel like Miles Sanders is the best running back on this roster. He has game-breaking ability. He does frustrate sometimes when he's dancing behind the backfield, but he will shake that off and then become a more straight-ahead runner and break off the big play. And he had a couple of big games last year against, uh, who was it, against the the Jets and the Commanders, I believe. Um, He had two huge monster games back-to-back weeks, and that's what he's capable of. It's just he hasn't been consistent. Brian Westbrook, I know, said that the Eagles need more from him in 2022, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. One of the more interesting notes that came out of Friday was the Eagles' running back usage. And one of the and the got one of the guys I really like on this team, one of the really young players I like is Kenny Gainwell. He was the first team running back on Friday. He was running with the ones. Now, this could be Nick Sirianni and the offense, Shane Steichen just wanting to get a good look at Kenny Gainwell with the ones and seeing what kind of juice the kid has. He was Gainwell was their best receiver out of the backfield yesterday. And so if the emphasis was on passing the football, it makes sense why Gainwell might be running with the number ones. But Miles Sanders in his rookie season had an outstanding year as a pass-catching back, and I don't know what has happened the last couple of years with all the drops and his inability to get involved in the passing game, but Miles Sanders has been a net negative as a receiver out of the backfield, which was the opposite of what he was in his rookie season. He amassed over 1,000 total yards in his rookie year, and I'd say about a third of those yards came receiving the football. I think he had like 500 yards receiving or something like that. It's in my article. I I, I looked up the number and it's in the, the article on Bleeding Green Nation. So you can go there and, and check that out. But Kenny Gainwell running with the ones was very, very interesting. Miles Sanders running with the twos in practice on Friday. Um, and also in, in addition to using him as a runner, the Eagles had Gainwell split out wide at times. So it sounds like the Eagles are really auditioning Gainwell to have a larger role in the offense this year. And that makes sense. They they don't have Jordan Howard, so their their running back committee is three deep instead of four deep right now. You've got you've got Gainwell, you've got Sanders, and you've got Boston Scott. And of course the Boston Scott specials will come against the Giants this year. And so those are he's nice to have on hand uh, to to play against the Giants, a team he tortures every year. But it'll be very interesting this year who ends up with more offensive snaps, whether it's Kenny Gainwell or Miles Sanders. Could this be the start of the Eagles grooming Gainwell to be the team's number one running back? He was their best receiving running back out of the backfield, and we know that he can run the football. He showed flashes of that last year, too, and was a great runner in college. I love Kenny Gainwell. I think he's a good young player. I don't think Miles Sanders is here after this season, and Kenny Gainwell probably is your number one running back. So the Eagles have a really good running game, as we all know. Uh, I think their trio of running backs between Gainwell Sanders and Boston Scott should give them a, should allow them to continue to have a really good running game. But it is interesting, I think, early in, in training camp that they have Gainwell running with the ones and Miles Sanders running with the twos. So that's something to keep an eye on. All right, for, for, and for all the rest of the notes about how the defense is playing and all that, make sure to check out BleedingGreenNation.com and check out BLG's daily recap of what's happening in practices. All right, this podcast is Eye on the Enemy, which means we focus on the enemy more than we focus on the Eagles much of the time. 
And let's check the papers in that vein and take a look at what's going on around the division. And we will start with the Washington Commanders and some big news from head coach Ron Rivera this week when he said Chase Young will not be ready for week one and may start the season on the pup list. Now, if you start the season on the pup list, that means you are out the first four weeks of the regular season. That's a new rule. Before this year, it was you missed the first six weeks of the regular season. That has been trimmed down to four. So if Chase Young starts the season on the pup list, he will miss the Eagles game against the Commanders in D.C. in week three. Um, that would obviously be a big break for the Eagles. It's not the news the Commanders certainly wanted to hear. They are hoping that Chase Young and Montez Sweat return from injury-plagued seasons in 2021 and give them the type of rush off the edge that could make them a real problem if both of those guys are healthy. Uh, Chase Young is easily one of the best edge rushers in the NFL when he's healthy. And we just didn't see that from him last year. When he started the season, he was not productive, and then he got hurt. I think he's still a phenomenal talent. I think he's still a phenomenal edge rusher, but we'll have to see exactly what he has in the tank if he's starting the season on the pup list. That hasn't been confirmed yet. He's definitely not going to be ready for week one, but it sounds as though Ron Rivera is leaning towards putting Chase Young on the pup list, which, again, not good news for Washington, but is good news for the Eagles as far as their week three matchup with Washington is concerned. Former Eagle defensive great Ryan Kerrigan has announced his retirement, and sadly, he's not announcing it as an Eagle. He signed a one-day contract with the Commanders this week and officially retired as a member of the Washington football franchise. Uh... We all know Kerrigan came in last year and did nothing during the regular season. Finally showed up in the Eagles playoff game and had a couple of sacks against the Buccaneers, but it was all in garbage time. And um, we really could have used some of that production during the course of the regular season when I think the Eagles finished with the second fewest sacks in the NFL was really, I mean, you could tell his, he was done. He had nothing left in the tank, but he did have a great career with Washington. And so he has announced his retirement uh, and uh, does so as a Washington commander. Also during his press conference on Thursday, Ron Rivera announced that wide receiver turned tight end Antonio Gandy Golden is retiring from the NFL. Only 24 years old, he said he plans to go back to school and focus on his education. The commanders uh, selected Gandy Golden in the fourth round uh, just two years ago, 142nd pick overall. He just had two years in the league, was uh, not a terribly productive player in the NFL. One reception for three yards in 10 games played. And I think Gandy Golden just realized this isn't the life for me. And so I respect any player who realizes, hey, I don't want to I don't want to destroy my body if it if I'm not going to have a productive career. Let me get out of this while I'm young. Uh, he got a little bit. Obviously, he got a little bit of security, a little bit of money for signing as a fourth round pick. You don't get you know, you're not set for life. If that's your only contract, you know, two years as a fourth round pick, um, but it gets you off to a nice start. And now he's going to continue his education and become a teacher or go into education, whatever that is. And I think that's always cool when a player, uh, you know, follows his bliss <laughs> like that. Um, so we wish uh, Antonio Gandy Golden the best. All right, let's look at the Dallas Cowboys as we check the papers, looking at the Google News. Last season, we all know the Cowboys won 12 games. This year, BetMGM has set their win total over-under at 10.5 wins. Um, I don't think anybody is getting their over-unders set at 12, so 10.5 is still a big number. That's more than the Eagles. In fact, it puts them among the NFL's elite 
only the Bills and Tampa Bay Buccaneers have higher over-under win totals. And at 10.5, the Cowboys are tied with the Packers and the Chiefs and the Rams. And that's just crazy to me that the Cowboys are that high. And I think that number is going to start to come down a little bit because uh, a vast majority of the action is coming on the under. 84% of folks uh, and 91% of the betting handle are backing Dallas to finish with 10 wins or fewer. Um, Dallas, of course, looking to go back-to-back in the NFC East for the first time since the Eagles did it from 2001 to 2004. Uh, and I, st- I don't think it's going to continue this year. I, th- I think the Eagles are a better team uh, than the Dallas Cowboys. The last time the Cowboys won the division in consecutive seasons was when they won in five straight from 92 to 96. That's the last time the Cowboys won consecutive division titles. It wasn't long after that the Eagles really started uh, to plant their flag and, uh, and, and win division titles on the regular. Um, Michael Gallup, the Cowboys' number two receiver, has been placed on the pup list. So he will be out for the first four weeks of the season. The rumors around the league are that week five could be the target date for him, which would obviously line up exactly with when he's eligible to come off the pup list. Um, so those are the big news. Those are the big stories coming out of uh, Dallas as far as play on the field this week. And then with the New York Giants, I got to tell you, the New York Giants, there's just not a lot of interesting things happening with the Giants. This is all about uh, Schoen and Dable and the Buffalo Bills Brain Trust getting their feet wet in New York. And, you know, there's a lot of conversation about Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's a big focus in training camp right now. What kind of year is he going to have? He's been talking a lot about uh, trying to get himself right, trying to get his mind right, trying to get his body right, and then he feels great. we have to see what it looks like on the field. If Saquon Barkley is healthy and motivated and ha- is in the proper headspace, he, the Giants have a weapon on their hands. But so far, like with the Commanders, we, we were seeing some some uh, some chatter out of uh, Richmond, which is where they, their Commanders practice, that the offense has looked terrible so far. Um with Carson Wentz uh, at, at quarterback, and, and again, still very early. We're hearing the same things out of the New York Giants, where uh, there's already speculation that Tyrod Taylor will end up as the team starter at some point this season over Daniel Jones based on some early training camp results. We are making some pretty early predictions and uh, assumptions here, I think, over the first couple of days of camp with some of these quarterbacks here in the NFC East, and really it just needs to play out a little bit, but I don't think it would hurt to have Tyrod Taylor taking some snaps with the ones, just to kind of get a, get a look at what he looks like, because at this point, I know it's a new offense, new offensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff, but at this point, Daniel Jones should have whatever chemistry he's going to have with his offensive skill players down pat at this point he's not new he's done this he's been in Giants camp for a long time now uh, and uh, this is a make or break year for Daniel Jones Uh, I don't think the rope is very long Uh, Brian Dable is is not gonna play out the string because this is not the quarterback he drafted so uh, Tyrod Taylor is not gonna win you a division either he's he's not a terribly good quarterback but he might be he might do Oh, boy. I mean, if I had to, t- to choose between the two, I think I'm choosing Daniel Jones. And I'm not a Dan- Daniel Jones fan, but I-, I, think the- I think the Giants are going to take a little bit more time before figuring out what to do at quarterback. But that's going to be an interesting camp battle uh, between those two guys. And it'll- it will be interesting to see if Daniel Jones really struggles in training camp and Tyrod Taylor is looking good. Does Daniel Jones start the season as the team's number one quarterback? We will wait and see what the Bills brain trust has in store for New York, but I think you have to at least look at the Bills and I look at the Giants. Look at the Giants 
and say, you have some smarter people running that organization now. They're not just going to run Daniel Jones out there because he's been the guy for the last few years. All right, we'll take a, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you one training camp question to watch for each NFC team. We'll do that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back with Eye on the Enemy. All right, so training camp is underway throughout the NFL, and as we try to keep an eye on the enemy, let's take a look at one training camp question that I've come up with for each team in the National Football Conference. We'll start within the division, and we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. And the main question for me is more emotional than anything else. I don't think there's a whole lot of roster uh, uh, um, roster spot concerns, battles, that sort of thing. You know who the skill position players are. I think, you know, losing Amari Cooper could be an, an issue for the Cowboys, but he really didn't play that great down the stretch. He was a really up-and-down player. And you've got C.D. Lamb, who's ready to take more of a role. Michael Gallup's injury situation is is going to be a thing to watch for there. But you've got Cedric Wilson that they signed this past offseason. I think the offense with Dak Prescott is probably going to be fine. You've got some issues with the offensive line. But to me, it's more emotional. It's more mental. Where are the Cowboys at in their headspace? Will they be able to get past their disappointment in the NFC playoffs last year? Can they move beyond it? And if so, how are they going to do it? How will Dak Prescott respond to what happened last year? How will Ezekiel Elliott respond to what happened last year? That, to me, is the biggest question mark for the Cowboys. And it's, we're going to have to see it throughout the course of the regular season because I don't, I don't think there's a lot of camp battles going on in, in Dallas that we need to be really keeping a close eye on. Well, it's interesting. The offensive line is remade a little bit, but it, it's, it's, they've got a good core there already. And the defense looks like it's going to be solid again this year. Um, does Micah Parsons get better? That, that's the scary question. But the Cowboys, I think their main question is getting over what happened in the 49ers game last year in the playoffs where they came out flat and then rallied at the end to make it close and then couldn't finish off the rally with some boneheaded coaching decisions. And will this be Mike McCarthy's last year, I guess, is the other one because uh, Jerry Jones did not have some flattering things to say about his head coach early in the offseason. Washington Commanders. And with a lot of these camp questions, a lot of them are going to come down to the quarterbacks. That's true with the Commanders as well. It's Carson Wentz. Can he be a playoff quarterback once again? Can he take a team with uh, uh, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin at wideout, with uh, Antonio Gibson at running back, with kind of a, a, a makeshift offensive line, but with a defense that could be quite good, 
if my like I said, Montez Sweat and um, and Chase Young come back healthy, can Carson Wentz? What what is what is left of Carson Wentz? You know what what is what is he? Does he still have? Does he still have some juice, like he had in his, early in his career? I, we look back at his season last year with Indianapolis and just think it was awful because of how the season finished. But it was not awful for the majority of the season. He had some awful moments, but the, he had the Colts in line for a playoff spot. And again, he was he was definitely helped by his running back, who probably should have been the league MVP last year. But Carson Wentz did not play badly last year with Indianapolis un, until really the final two games, but they were so bad in crunch time that and Jim Irsay, I, there was there had to be something personal there. Jim Irsay just wanted to get rid of him no matter what. And so now the, the commanders have a true enigma in Carson Wentz. I don't think that they can have any sense of what he's going to do for them this year. And that's the big question mark for, for the commanders. How's Carson Wentz going to look? Is he going to be the hero ball guy? How mobile is he? Is he going to be a pocket quarterback? If so, is the accuracy there? I'll be fascinated. I'm fascinated with Carson Wentz in Washington this year. And I think all of us are always going to be fascinated with Carson Wentz and what he's doing, uh, given our history with him. With the New York Giants, can the Buffalo brain trust of Joe Schoen and Brian Dable yield positive results in 2022? Nobody is looking for the Giants to make the playoffs here in 2022. I think if the Giants get to seven wins this season, that's a that's a victory. That's a good season for New York. Get to seven wins. That you, if you're a Giants fan, you've got to look at that as a true stepping stone to getting better. And really, that's all you need to be doing with the Giants is, is can we get better? Because, of course, the quarterback is the biggest question mark with the Giants. Um, they, but, they have a lot of, but they have a lot of question marks all over the place. They've got question marks at the offensive line. They've got question marks all over the defense. They've got question marks at tight end. They've got you know, question marks at, at wide receiver, frankly. I mean, they just, they've got a lot going on there, a lot of question marks, too many to, to, uh, to go through here uh, in this segment. But really, you're turning, you're turning things over to two very smart guys who turned around the Buffalo Bills franchise and made it one of the best in the NFL. Can they do the same thing? For the Giants, it's not going to happen here in 2022. But can this be a stepping stone, and can they get an answer at quarterback? I think they realize they don't have the answer at quarterback right now, but just couldn't do anything about it this past off season. So, uh, really, what you're looking for is the kind of improvement from the Giants that we saw in Andy Reid's first season with the Philadelphia Eagles way back in 1999, when they finished with five wins, but you could tell they were on a better path. Uh, and uh, springboarded that into a playoff spot in 2000. With the Atlanta Falcons, can Marcus Mariota hold down the starting job, or will rookie Desmond Ritter steal it away? Seeing some reports over the course of the summer that Ritter was light years ahead of most young quarterbacks, according to head coach Arthur Smith. He, He made that comment in June. So how long of a leash will Marcus Mariota have in Atlanta? It doesn't really matter because we know Atlanta's not going to the playoffs. They're a bad team. I think the Atlanta Falcons could be a four-win team this season. Uh, and if I'm, the, if I'm the Falcons, I let Mariota start the season. But if Ritter looks good, I'm getting him in the lineup as, as soon as I can. Because you got to find out some questions and, and get, these, get the young quarterback up and running, especially in, in a season when you really just are, you know that you are not going anywhere. For the Panthers, can Maker, Baker Mayfield revive his career? In Carolina, or will Sam Darnold emerge as a viable starter? Um, the Panthers say that it's going to be an open competition. 
I think right now Mayfield is the best quarterback on the depth chart, but he's really auditioning for essentially every team that's going to need a quarterback next year and needs to play well in order to do so. Mayfield has been a good NFL quarterback, and he can be a good NFL quarterback. I certainly think he's better than Sam Darnold. Um, Sam Darnold's going to be a backup quarterback for his career. I mean, that's just that's just what he is. I think Baker Mayfield can be a good starting quarterback, but he's got to prove it. He's got to show it in Carolina. It's not the best situation for a quarterback to prove his stuff, but that's gonna he's going to have to do it there. And if he can't, then you're probably looking at a career backup in Baker Mayfield as well. But there's going to be a lot of quarterback-needy teams next year, and if Baker Mayfield has a good season, he could, he could get himself a big deal with someone because we all know how much how much teams need good quarterback play uh, in, in this NFL. New Orleans Saints, can the Saints maintain their status as a perennial playoff contender without Sean Payton? Saints, former Saints defensive coordinator Dennis Allen is replacing Payton uh, as the, after Payton had a 15-year run in New Orleans in which they were playoff, if not Super Bowl, contenders every year. We remember Dennis Allen did not have a good run as the Raiders head coach with an 8-28 and record a few years ago. But it's a true identity shift in New Orleans without Sean Payton there. And I, you, I've seen different people have widely different opinions on what the Saints are going to be this year. I don't think the Saints are going to be good. And I, that would be key for the Eagles. Eagles fans are going to be watching the Saints very closely this year because one of our first-round picks is the Saints pick. So if the Saints tank, the Eagles are going to have a pretty high draft pick. But if they're 7-9, 8-8, if they're threatening for the playoffs, that's going to put it in the middle of the first round. And that's not going to be ideal for the Eagles if they want to try and move up in the draft and go after a quarterback if things don't work out with Jalen Hurts this year. So we're all keeping a very close eye on the New Orleans Saints. And maybe that's the question we need to be asking ourselves about the Saints is, can they tank and get the Eagles a really good first-round draft pick in 2022? Yeah, 2023. Tampa Bay Bucks, of course, the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is another head coaching question. Bruce Arians, no longer there. Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles takes over as the team's head coach. With that change-up at the top, will they be able to keep Tom Brady? Uh, will, will Tom Brady and Tampa continue as a Super Bowl favorite? Yes, for sure. But what will the offense look like? How will the team respond to Todd Bowles, who... Also did not have a good run as a head coach his first time around. But a lot of times with these head coaches who struggle in their first go around, they are better the second time around because they learn things. We are learning computers, many of us. And um, Todd Bowles seems like that he was destined for another opportunity to be team's head coach. And Bruce Arians stepped away because he wanted to make sure Bowles got that opportunity with Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's good enough to keep anybody afloat. Just how much time does Tom Brady have left? You know, he's at some point it has to, he has to start to decline, right? I mean, at some point he's not going to play in his fifties. It's just it's just crazy what he's doing, and that roster is still stacked. They're, to me, they're the NFC favorites right now, and and they they will be as long as Tom Brady continues to look the way he does. But Bruce Arians was a really good offensive minded head coach. Will they miss that? Will they miss his influence in the offense? I know Tom Brady and Arians, I think it sounded like they were having some conflict last year, so um, maybe Brady plays even a little bit better without Arians around, but that's going to be the big question mark, how the team responds with a new head coach, with a defensive-minded head coach in Todd Bowles. All right, this Arizona Cardinals, I think this is one of the most fascinating teams in football. I've always really liked the Cardinals. I, I, I always want the Cardinals to do well. 
Historically speaking, that franchise has just, it's been a losing franchise for a lot of years. In recent years, it's been more relevant. And I would love to see if the Eagles don't go anywhere. I love to see the Cardinals have success. The big question for them is Kyler Murray. I mean, all this stuff coming out about him not watching tape and having a clause in his contract about needing to watch, I think it was four hours of tape a week, that con- that clause getting removed from the new contract extension that he signed because of all the controversy surrounding it. What a weird start to the season for the Arizona Cardinals. And it really is going to come down to will Murray watch enough tape to play up to his potential and prove that last year's fast start wasn't a fluke? Remember how fast a start the Cardinals got off to last year? They did that in 2021 as well. I mean, uh, 2020 as well. And then collapsed down the stretch. Now, last year they made it into the playoffs, but they were a non-factor uh, in, in their in their playoff loss. And, and a lot of that centered around the quarterback who showed bad body language, uh, teammates had to come up and talk to him about his attitude in games that they were losing. Doesn't sound like he put the work in. He's got all the talent in the world, but they gave a ton of money to a guy who they don't think works hard enough. That's a decision. It's not one I would have made. With the Rams, there are not a lot of question marks about the Rams. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe can Matthew Stafford repeat what he did last year? Maybe you're wondering if the the, the wide receiver situation is, is going to be as good as it was last year. But, I mean... Uh, are the Rams good enough to do what only it seems the Patriots have been able to do in recent years, win a second straight Super Bowl? I, I thought going into last year's playoffs, the Rams were a, a flawed team. They were not my pick to go to the Super Bowl, but um, they still have a great defense. They still have a really good quarterback. They still have a good head coach in Sean McVay. I mean, I think Sean McVay has been overrated throughout the course of his career, but he's a good head coach. I mean, he's been to two Super Bowls and now he's won one. So he definitely knows how to get his team to 10 wins every season. It's a good team. And there's not a lot that you're looking at with that team and saying, gee whiz, are they, you know, is this going to be a big problem? I think wide receiver might be the only issue there where, where you're looking and seeing Ken Allen Robinson um, take over for Robert Woods and Odell Beckham Jr. Can, can he get, can they continue on with that swap out? And I think Beckham will be back at some point ready to play this year. Maybe the Rams resign him, but Beckham, but Beckham is a free agent at the moment. Um, team's waiting to see if he's going to be healthy and, and when he's going to be back. Maybe he comes back to the Rams when he's healthy, and then the Rams' offense is probably just as good as they were last year. Looking at the 49ers, who were a dropped interception away from beating the Rams and getting to the Super Bowl, it's all going to be about Trey Lance. Is the team, is he ready to be a starting quarterback for a playoff contender? Uh, and where does Jimmy Garoppolo go? And when? Do the, do the 49ers trade Garoppolo here over the next couple of weeks? If they're, if they're going to trade him, you really need to get it done now. Uh, maybe it's waiting for a team to have an injury at the quarterback position before Garoppolo is moved. Maybe he gets moved at the trade deadline, but I don't know. Do you do you do that any further into the summer? My thinking is Garoppolo should probably go sooner rather than later so he can get in some other team's camp and get started now. Training camp is underway. Uh, if, if, you're not, if you're not trading Garoppolo... For this season, I mean, it sounds like the window for him to move is is closing. I'm really surprised he's still in San Francisco, and all eyes are going to be on Trey Lance. You know, the former first-round pick, the 49ers gave up a lot to get him. Is he ready to be a starting quarterback for a playoff contender? They can't afford to have Trey Lance learn on the job. He's got to hit the ground running in San Francisco, and all eyes are going to be on him out in the Bay Area to see if he can get the 49ers over the hump and back into the Super Bowl because he is, that team is a, a playoff contender and a Super Bowl contender outside of the quarterback position. 
All right, the Seahawks. How does Seattle adjust to life without Russell Wilson? Imagine if you're a Seahawks fan. You are going from Russell Wilson to Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Man, that's that that that's a rough <laughs> that's a rough transition for Seattle fans uh, to go from Russell Wilson to those two guys. I I, I don't know, man. I, I'm you know Seattle's had a lot of success over the last few years. They're due for a little bit of regression. Seattle fans probably can't complain too much, but uh, that's going to be a tough adjustment watching Drew Locke and Geno Smith under quarter under center, uh, and not Russell Wilson. That's whew, that's 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 rough. Uh, Chicago Bears, man, they got a lot of question marks. The big one is Justin Fields. Again, we're talking about a lot of quarterbacks here on this list. Can he stay healthy and put together a season that gives Chicago hope that he's their franchise guy? And as part of that, how will he adjust to a new offensive head coach and a new offensive coordinator in Luke Getze? Much of Fields' success or failure will come down to the new offensive coordinator, putting him in a good position, putting him in better positions than, than the last coaching staff. Uh, Getze spent the last three years in Green Bay working with Aaron Rodgers, and so you like where he's coming from. Will that benefit Justin Fields, and can Fields stay healthy enough to help spark a better-than-expected season in Chicago? The Detroit Lions, I think this is a sneaky playoff team, guys. I think the Lions are going to be much better. Uh, Dan Campbell's a head coach I really like. The big question, I think, with the Lions is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. 30th in sacks last year. That's not going to get it done. They need to get to the quarterback more. Uh, their first-round pick, Aiden Hutchinson, they, Hutchinson, they drafted him with the intention of having him help them turn that number around. He should provide immediate help. Um, I really like what the Lions did elsewhere throughout the, throughout the roster. I thought they had uh, a very good draft, and it's all going to come down to the, the, the defense um, and really Jared Goff. Jared Goff has to play better than he did last year, but I, I think he can. I'm not a big Jared Goff guy, but I think that's not a strong division. The NL, the NFC North is a division that is completely up in the air, and the big reason I say that is I am not a believer in the Packers this year without Devontae Adams. And the question the Packers are asking, can how will Aaron Rodgers respond to not having Devontae Adams around, to having a depleted receiving core? Does it matter with a guy like Aaron Rodgers? Can he just make everybody better? Um. It's possible, but I mean, even Aaron Rodgers is not a is not a magic worker, and he loved having Devontae Adams. But with Adams now in Oakland, I'm not not Oakland. I keep saying I am never going to stop saying that the Raiders are in Oakland, guys. It's just you're, it's going to be an adjustment. Now that he's in Las Vegas, how will he respond? How will the Packers respond without having that true game breaking number one wide receiver? Uh, can Aaron Rodgers do enough? Can he on his own li- lift the tide? Um, to, to keep the Packers on top in the NFC North. I think the Lions are going to pose a problem this year for teams in that division. And I'll say the same thing about the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to be better this year. And they have questions on the defensive side, and that's the big question to me for the, for the Vikings is, can the defense match what should be a solid offense? I don't think there's a ton of question marks in the Vikings offense. Adam Thielen, what kind of season can he give you? Uh, in in Minnesota, can he bounce back and give Kirk Cousins another really good option on the outside? But the defense is the big issue with Minnesota. You've got Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. They could be the top pass rushing duo in the NFL. Um, but they were hurt last year. They only they only played a combined eight regular season games. So the health of those two guys is going to be key to the Vikings defense getting back to where they were. Uh, they have a new defensive coordinator in, in Ed Donatel that they're going to be really hoping 
will supplement what should be a pretty good offense. And in a, in a division which I think is one of the weakest in the NFL, I think any one of the Lions, Packers, or Vikings could end up winning that division. I think the Packers take a step back this year, and it opens the door for teams like the Lions and the Vikings to step into the breach and, uh, and surprise everybody and become a, become a division winner here in 2022. All right, folks, that's your look. One question for every team in the NFC as training camp gets underway here. Uh, in, uh, we're just about ready to flip the calendar to August. So lots of fun stuff going on around the NFL. And that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. But we will continue to keep an eye on the rest of the league for you as most of you guys are laser focused on the birds and what's going on in training camp in Philadelphia. We will, of course, I'll, I will, of course, be continuing to watch the birds as well, but I'll also keep you up to date on everything that's going on around the NFL so that you can know what's going on with the enemy as we get ready to play these teams during the course of the 2022 season. A reminder to check bleedinggreennation.com each and every morning, make it a part of your daily routine, get the latest links, news, notes, rumors from training camp, be LG's got you covered there with BGN Radio along with Jimmy Kemsky and everybody else. So make sure you're checking out all of the Eagles Bleeding Green Nation podcast uh, podcasts as well on the podcast feed by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. BGN.